Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, I'm Shauna Compton-Game. This is Millennial Money, and today we're talking Trump's student loan proposal and what it means to you. Millennial Money with Shauna Compton Game. It will expand your brain. All right, so I've kind of been waiting to do this podcast because I wanted to see how things kind of trickle down and what ends up happening. And of course, we don't have any resolution from Trump's initial student loan proposal. But I think it's really something important to talk about. You know, anytime there is proposed legislative changes, when it comes to anything around money that could directly affect you, I really want to encourage you to just at least listen like with half of an ear. You don't have to listen with both ears if it completely bores you. I I understand a lot of times, you know, especially, um, you know, the news is just... Like a lot of us don't even want to listen to the news these days. There's just, it's all bad stuff that we don't want to hear. But 
you know, if you have a student loan and, you know, you're, you're wanting it to be forgiven or you're trying to figure out what the best payment plan is, you know, all of these sorts of things, it's just really important to, again, like I said, just kind of stay on top of what's happening. And of course, there's a lot of talk and that happens all the time in Washington before anything actually happens. If we just look back at healthcare, right? Since the beginning of the year, I mean, it's been a lot of talk, a lot of proposed things, a lot of back and forth, a lot of bickering, and nothing really has happened that is that dramatic, right? We haven't had that dramatic of changes. If you listen to the podcast yesterday, um, you know, I talked a little bit about that. But, you know, student loan is kind of this area that is just so ripe, right? We have millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of people with student loans that are in debt. You know, a lot of the younger millennials, this may be you, you know, really struggle with, you know, I've got student loans. Do I, do I pay off my student loan? Do I invest? Should I buy a house? How, how can I afford to move out? Can we start a family if we've got these student loans? And, you know, it's a really real problem situation and there's a lot of questions around it you know and it, it's it's unfortunate that the best answer I can give you is one where I say it depends <laughs> it depends on a lot of factors it depends on your income it depends on you know uh, what what you want your life to look like it depends on your goals it depends on what's sitting in your bank account you know it depends on sometimes the company you work for um, there's just a lot of different factors when it comes to figuring out you know what is the best answer to that question what do you pay first or what do you what gets priority in your budget and I think kind of the best I guess generic advice that I can give on that is, you know, I, I don't like to see people do 100% in one direction. So, you know, totally paying off your student loans and forgetting your retirement or totally, you know, paying for retirement and then forgetting your student loans or, you know, whatever it might be. I really like the approach of, you know, we, we put a little here and we put a little here, right? So we're, we're kind of uh, making sure that we're attacking both fronts at the same time. Now, that might change, right? So if you're trying to buy a house or some very large purchase, maybe you actually end up stepping back from student loans. Maybe you end up stepping back from what you're putting in your retirement. That doesn't mean forever, right? It doesn't mean that you suddenly forget about it. Um, But it does mean that sometimes, you know, things shift for you. And again, that's a completely individual decision. It's not something you can just blanket and say, you know, you should do this, you should do that. Um, So, you know, when you're reading articles or you're listening to the podcast or, or anything where you're kind of hearing chatter about these things, always remember to take it with a little grain of salt and measure it against your own particular situation. All right, so let's do a little history lesson on student loans and student loan program. So I found this awesome article from this site called Brookings, and I have put a link in the show notes. And I really, really suggest if you have a student loan and you're at all curious about changes that are coming and that might come, that you read this because it is one of the most thorough, I think, uh, analysis of student loans. It's not a heavy read. 
but it gives a lot of great information. So Congress created the Federal Student Loan Program in 1965, but it was originally just to help undergraduate students from low-income families who couldn't get subsidized loans. So that was the original intent. These loans were interest-free while the students were enrolled, and then Congress expanded the program in 1992 by providing access to loans for all students regardless of financial need. Because Remember, the cost of college kept growing and growing and growing. So what ended up happening was it wasn't just low-income people that needed loans for college. It was started to be, you know, middle-class, everyday people that were struggling to pay for college. However, because these newly eligible students were not in quote-unquote need, they would not qualify for the interest-free benefit, which was costly for the government. So anytime it's costly for the government... Ding, 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 right? There's going to be a lot of controversy about it, going to be a lot of proposed legislation. All right, so accrued interest would be added to their loan balances upon leaving school. Low-income students and those adding expensive colleges, or sorry, attending expensive colleges, however, maintain eligibility for interest-free benefit. To differentiate the loan types, lawmakers called the new loans unsubsidized Stafford loans, and the original loans with the interest-free benefit were subsidized Stafford loans like we have today, right? So some of you may have a combination of unsubsidized and subsidized, um, just depending on your financial situation and where you were when you went to college and your parents' financial situation and all of that good mumbo-jumbo, right? Uh, It doesn't matter a whole lot when you get out of college, Um, but but just for you to understand um, that there are two different types of loans, and that sort of came out of this legislation. It came out of these changes with student loans. Obviously, since 1992, (laughs) the cost of college has, I mean, it's just unbelievable to me how much it costs when i do projections of if you had a kid today what it would cost you know in 18 years i mean i'm like these numbers cannot they cannot be right because no one would be able to afford this and you know putting this burden on on people that are graduating college and you know if you have student loans you understand what i'm talking about i mean this is like a 10 to 25 to 30 year commitment of loans that you could possibly be paying back and that's a that's a heavy burden, especially if the job market sucks. If the job market sucks and people can't get jobs and they have these massive student loans, it's just we're not going in the right direction. So something has to change. And I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. Um, I don't know who's going to get their crap together, right? Enough so that we can figure out something figure out something. And, you know, I think the the hard part is there's a lot of us who had loans, you know, from five, 10 years ago, who may not be included in that something change, right? But the important thing is that we're hopefully moving forward. And I think if everybody in Washington could just, excuse my friends, get their shit together and realize that this is a big ginormous problem that is very, very real to a lot of people. This isn't just people who are barely scraping by, right? It's a lot of us that are on this podcast that are making really good incomes 
and we still have massive student loan debt. And it's, it's really making you ponder decisions in life, you know, financial decisions. And you shouldn't have to be thinking about your massive student loan payment. You should be thinking about growing your wealth, growing your retirement, building lifestyle changes, you know, maybe investing in real estate. I don't you know, whatever it may be for you, those are the things you should be thinking about, not like, how am I going to actually pay for this massive student loan? And, you know, many of us, it just comes out of our bank account every month and it just, it is what it is. You know, there are a lot of people I know listening to this podcast where your monthly payment is equivalent to a car payment, you know, and, and by all intensive purposes, you're buying a very, very expensive car. And, you know, hopefully that student loan that you had to take out equated somehow in whatever career you're in, maybe you're able to get, you know, more income and maybe it gets you in a better position. But God, the stuff that I'm hearing, especially from new graduates right now is it doesn't matter. You have to have an undergrad degree, right? To even get in the door of a company. And then if you don't have a master's degree, they're not you know, they're not giving you the the highest income level. Um, they don't particularly give you any priority. So then it's like, well, all right, so now I got to go back to school and I got to get even more student loans, right? Just, it just is blowing my mind. And, and it really, I think I don't, and I, I don't want to, you know, <laughs> labor on about this too much, but I mean, at a point it's like, where is the ethical, um, compass in this. I, I'm fully on board with, we need to pay something for college. I I'm on board with that. Right. And maybe certain colleges cost a little bit more. I, I get that. Right. That's like a concept we can wrap our heads around because, you know, we, we, you know, we want to buy a Ferrari. We know we're going to have to pay more money than if we want to buy a, a Mazda. Right. We just inherently know that there's kind of different levels. So why can't it be that way with, with the cost of college, but within some reason, right? I mean, I think that is where the question is. And if everybody could just get their head out of their asses in Washington and, you know, realize that this is, this is more than just politics. Like this is a very, very real tangible problem. I would be really happy about that, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So obviously President Trump has come along and he's proposed some changes to the federal student loan program. Now, one thing you should note, these are proposed changes, right? So nothing has been set in stone yet. These are proposed. But again, anytime we hear propose, we should turn half of our ear at least and just hear it out, right? Because actually some of the things that are proposed could be potentially beneficial, the weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. And I think that will blow a lot of people's minds that President Trump might propose something that's beneficial. So I don't want to get into politics on the podcast because it's not that type of podcast. But if we look at the track record, you know, of, of what's been proposed, there's not a lot of stuff that we like, especially a lot of younger people, right? So let's go over some of the proposed items, right? So one is ending the the public service loan forgiveness program. And that states that current borrowers, so if you're currently paying back student loans, you're still eligible for that public service loan forgiveness. And again, that's anyone that works in the public sector or has a 501c3 charity or works for a 501c3 nonprofit, nonprofit organization, right? But students who took out federal loans on or after July 1st, 2018 would no longer qualify for forgiveness after 10 years. So July 1st next year, 2018, that is kind of the marker date if these proposals go through, all right? So that one, potentially not so good, right? Uh, so the next thing is is el- eliminating the subsidized, subsidized, man, that's a tough word for me, subsidized Stafford loans. So Trump wants to stop these subsidized loans, which again, remember, these were the federal loans that were started in the very beginning for low-income students, and they have low interest rates. Instead, All borrowers would have the same loan options and the same loan interest rates. Again, could be bad for a lot of people because I I know a lot of low-income people, they need, you know, these low interest rates. But we can make the argument that, look, everybody needs these low interest rates. So is there a way that we could make this work for everybody that we can keep these interest rates low enough that the, the the payback when we're paying back the student loan, it's not like we're paying three or four times what we owed in the beginning. You know, a lot of times it's not, it's not the, the start that, that matters, you know, it is, but hear me out on this. You know, it's not the 20 or 30 or $40,000 that we owe in the beginning, but it's by the time we've made our payments, it's the, uh, you know, 60, 70, $80,000 we paid that is the power of interest. And that's what sucks, right? So he's also talking about expanding Pell Grants. So currently Pell Grant recipients can't use these grants for summer classes or anything remedial, right? But his plan would expand the Pell Grants so students could use them for these types of of courses. Um, 
you know, this could be a good thing, right? For Pell Grant users, this could be a good thing. And then he's talking about changes to some of the income-driven repayment plans. These are the popular plans that probably a lot of you are on, right? So it's the repayment plan that's capped at a certain percentage based off of your income. So what he's proposing is that some of the uh, income-driven plans for students you would have to pay 12.5% of your discretionary income instead of 10%, which it currently is. But the government would forgive your loan after 15 years rather than 20, right? So we, we've got five years going for us. We got an extra two and a half percent of income going against us. So the question is, you know, like, what does that look like, right? So graduate students, on the other hand, graduate students kind of get like the crap that's left over, right? That's pretty much what happens to graduate students. So on the other hand, we'd have to make 30 years of payments before the government would discharge loans. So honestly, by the time you get to 30 years, you probably paid off your student loan anyway. So graduate students are pretty much just like SOL, you know, it's just, it's, it's just not going to happen. But let's look at an example that was on this Brookings site. I love this. And I think some of these visuals would really help you, uh, you know, just think about these changes from from a from an educated perspective and not from just a like, well, I'm just going to hate everything that Trump comes out with perspective. Because again, we need to really understand everything underlying because there's some good stuff and then there's not some, there's some not good stuff, Right. All right, so they have an example comparing plans for borrowers with a $35,000 income and a $40,000 loan balance. So under the current income-based repayment plan, right, we got $40,000 of student loan debt. We will have total made $60,269 in total payments, and our forgiven amount would be $14,474, all right? Under Trump's new income-based uh, repayment proposal. We've got the same forty thousand dollars of debt. Our total payments we would have made was forty eight thousand four ninety eight. So forgiven would be sixteen thousand seven ninety three. So that's a little bit more forgiven than under the current plan. So that's why I say, don't just take it as like, oh well, that's that's going to be terrible. That's going to be horrible. That's not going to work out for me, right? Figure out how it works for your own particular situation. And again, I'm going to remind you, this is just proposed. It's not set in stone yet. And so until we have kind of that set in stone, we're just kind of looking at it and going, hmm, right? Hmm, how is that going to work? How is that going to affect you? How's that going to make a difference in your in your bank account? Because at the end of the day, that's what matters, right? It's, it's what is it going to do for your bank account? And then, um, you know, how is that going to help you or hurt you from achieving your awesome goals that you want to down the line? Now... I have just recently watched a few different uh, videos, webinars about student loan forgiveness, and I have a pet peeve, and I really want to, to state this pet peeve. So we all get exuberant, just giddy as little kids when we're talking about getting our student loans forgiven. And I understand because I had MBA loans. And they were expensive. And so I understand, like, if I had an option to get those forgiven, I would have taken it in a heartbeat. 
But the other side of the coin is, as it currently stands, any amount that is forgiven actually gets added to your taxable income. So for some people, that can mean a hefty tax bill that you weren't expecting, right? So I'll just give you an example. Let's say you had $20,000 of student loan forgiven. That is freaking awesome. Like high five on that, right? Who wouldn't take that deal? But when you go to file your tax return next April, right, you got to add the $20,000 on top of your income, whatever income you made. For some people, that could put you in another tax bracket, and that could leave you ill-prepared for a potential tax burden, right? And so a lot of people argue, but yeah, it's not a big deal because you can you can come out with a, a payment plan with the IRS. Yes, you can get a interest-based payment plan from the IRS. That is actually factual. But my point is, before we like get, you know, giddy, like, you know, a kid in a candy store about getting our student loan forgiven, we got to look at all the sides of the coin and figure out what makes most sense, right? So if I'm at a, you know, a low income repayment plan and my, my repayment is my monthly payment is not that expensive. And then I look at versus, you know, what might happen to my taxes and my, and my, my pending tax bill. If I, if I get that loan forgiven, you know, which makes most sense. And you got to look at it mathematically, right? And you got to kind of like take, again, that like exuberance out of it and look at it mathematically and go, what makes most sense? So everybody forgets to talk about the tax bill that could potentially be owed when your loan is forgiven. And I just want you to be prepared. So I want everybody to get their loans forgiven that can possibly get their loans forgiven. I didn't have that option. And so I really want somebody else to benefit from that. But I want to make sure that you're prepared too, so that it doesn't, you know, put you in a financial situation that you weren't prepared for. And then you got to make a bunch of other not so great choices, right? Do I go to my credit card to pay this? You know, do I get my loan from the IRS? Like what are my other options? So I don't want you to like have debt taken away only to get more debt. I just want you to be prepared for what's coming. So if you, if you're nearing a student loan forgiveness period, you know, this would be a great time to hire a CPA an accountant and figure out what that might look like for your for your individual taxes so that again you can plan ahead you don't have one of those like you know shockers when you're doing your your turbo tax or whatever tax program you're using and you're like wait well, I, I what like i, I want to avoid any potential um heart attacks here all right so again these are proposed changes and you know i'll update you if, if anything gets you know solid and set in stone but i think it's important to talk about these things it's important to encourage you to just um you know pay attention even just a little bit to to whatever's coming down the pipeline if you have student loans so as always you can follow me on twitter and instagram at shauna game and if you love this podcast please do me a favor share it with your friends share it on social media so that we can continue to grow the podcast <laughs>